uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a great week. If this is your first time here, this podcast is all about the music industry. We just bring anyone on and we have a chat. We talk about anything that we want. Um, and that is the general gist. I know we're up to episode 67 of the Street Press, and that's as serious as we take it. We just bring on a muso or we bring on someone's side of stage. We bring on a band manager and we just have a chat about whatever. I don't really write any questions or anything like that. Um, we just see where it goes and today's episode is an absolute cracker. Like I said at the top, I hope your week has been good. Uh, on the weekend, I spontaneously, my wife and I decided on Friday, let's go down the south coast of New South Wales. Well, we woke up on Friday morning and said, let's, let's go on a trip away. Let's take the dog. Book something at 8am. We were there at 12.30 having fish and chips at Culborough Beach. Great place. Nice and quiet. Hung out, took the dog for a few walks along the beach, went to the bowling club, had a great time. Uh, everything was going good until the key for the garage, put the key in the garage, flicked the garage door up, forgetting that the key was in the garage, snapped the key. No good. <laughs> so, so I jumped in the car and drove to an op shop because there was no Bunnings, there was no uh, you know hardware store in this place at all. It had closed down. And I was looking for a tool. I'm like, well, look, how can I get the rest of this key out of the uh, the lock? And as I'm looking through the op shop, this lady comes up and goes, you know, what's going on? And I said, oh, look, I've snapped the key off in the garage. And she goes, why don't you just come around to my house and uh, have a look through the toolbox? A complete random person, never met her before in my life. And uh, I, <laughs> I know most people's answer might be no, but I said, Oh, well, let's have a crack. And I jumped in the car and I drove around there and I know that's how people get murdered. I'm driving to this random person's house in the car and I'm thinking, geez, I hope this ends well. And I turned up, this lovely lady's husband was there in the garage and he said, what do you need? You need a tool? And I said, yeah, I need something to yank this key out of the door. He gave me a tool and I survived and we got to keep the bond for the rental. That's my story anyway. Hey, today on the podcast, we got Fletcher from Pennywise. It has been a long time between drinks for Fletcher and I. Uh, we spoke a long, long time ago, 2011, I want to say. Back then I was working for a magazine and the band was a little different at the time. They had Zoli as the front man. Obviously, Jim's been their front man forever, but they had this weird period just in like 2011, around that time where they came out here to Australia to Soundwave Festival and they had a different singer and they also released an album with Zoli. Uh, so we talk about that in this episode. We talk about Hermosa Beach back in the day. Hermosa Beach is a really cool town in California I've been lucky enough to go there myself. It's sort of the place where you see in the movies where the mums are pushing the pram along the beach with the roller skates on. I didn't believe that, that actually happened until I went there. It's a truth. It's a real thing. 
plenty of good bands come from there. Obviously, Pennywise, but uh, Black Flag, they're from there as well. I think The Germs, The Jerks, TSOL, plenty of punk bands. We talk about what it was like in the 80s there. We talk about why uh, Pennywise drank Foster's, the Aussie beer that no one drinks. I'm sorry, Foster's, but no one drinks it here in Australia, but everyone seems to drink it over in America, so they used to drink that over Budweiser. That's coming up in this episode. We also talk about the punk rock piss carpet that Pennywise had. So their uh, rehearsal room was filled with carpet on the walls. It was an old garage in Hermosa Beach. In this interview, you'll hear how they got that carpet. Look, it's not politically correct how they got it, and it's not politically correct what they did with it. It is now residing in the punk rock museum in las vegas which is obviously owned by fat mike some of the great punk rock stories are in this podcast as well fletcher is known he's known as a bully he'll be the first to admit it uh we got stories about turning back the odometer in the tour van just so that the rental company didn't know how many miles they were doing we talk about his electric bb gun that he used to take on tour how he used to burn people's nostrils with pepper this is a wild, wild episode, and I'm glad you're here to come along for the ride. And obviously, when you're as wild as Fletcher is, you're going to rack up some big damage bills over the years. You will not believe how much he has spent on wrecking hotel rooms. It is astronomical. So let's get him on. This is Fletcher, the guitarist, one of the founding members of California's biggest punk band, one of the biggest punk bands in the entire universe, Pennywise. What's happening? Not a lot, Fletch. How are you, mate? Hey, last time we spoke was about 12 years ago, maybe. That long. long. (laughs) It was a a long time ago, and I was thinking about it in the car just on the way here, and I was like, I think Zoli was in the band then, so... It was a weird time for Pennywise then. I mean, I loved that album that you had. Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to love it. Um, We don't talk about it as a band. I always always think like, oh, shit, what if we went and re-recorded it with Jim? That would be pretty cool because me and Randy wrote all the songs. Um, Yeah. Lily didn't write me. I'm sure we talked about that. But, uh, yeah, definitely a weird time because, you know, we were in limbo and it was strange with Soli because we had so much time with Jim and, it was like having a foreign object in in the in the room, and <laughs> it, it, like. Uh, but we we did what we had to do. I think we put a, a a decent album, and you know, here we are back to normal. If there is a way to describe Pennywise as normal, I don't think that's possible. Here we are back up to fucking maniacs with uh, with Jim. So yeah, yeah, it's it's great to have you all back. You have been back, obviously, for for, for a long while as the, as the normal group. I was thinking about you guys, and a lot of people try to stake their claim or that uh, Australia is their second home. But when I think about Pennywise, I think you guys are allowed to say it. Shit, I think we've been there for like 27 years or something, right? I think actually this is our 20th. Someone just pointed out to me, this is our 20th time down, our 20th <laughs> tour in Australia. You got to get real estate. God, I know. Well, my wife's Australian, and she, she just bought some land outside of melbourne like a, just a big lot so we can nice. build, build our dream home someday over there but uh yeah she's got she's got some property over there in australia so the retirement we're talking about opening a bar you know oh, cool. across, across the street from cherry bar and fuck with james but uh yeah no it's uh 
it kind of just feels like home. I mean, California in the 80s is so close to like Melbourne in the 2000s or something, you know, or even Sydney. Like I know, I know both those cities have changed or like surfers or something like that. Like it's, it's just that beat. We're used to that beach culture mm. and just like trunks and flip flops and hanging out in the water and just everything that goes along with that whole surf skate culture and the music. And it just, it just really feels like you're hanging out in Hermosa beach when you're in one of the surf towns in Australia. So that's, and the people are very similar um, to like a small surf community mm. that we grew up in. So it's just all, it's easy to just say, okay, like home away from home. It's our second home. It really feels like it, you know? I was going to say that because I went to Hermosa Beach in 2015 and I know obviously that's where you guys are from and I'm from a beachy town just uh, north of Sydney. And when I got to Hermosa Beach and I was like, right, so this is where Pennywise is from. And I was like, it's very similar, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean, like Hermosa's gotten super inundated with like people from like New York and New Jersey and some less desirables that are not the same mentality as us. Um mm. I mean, you saw it like that, but you also saw the small town vibe of it. But like, if you would have been there in the eighties, you would be like, this is straight up Australia, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's just a different, um, it's a different time. I mean, you know how it goes, like you can only keep a good thing under wraps for so long before everybody starts coming. Mm. And it kind of sucks because like, it used to be that town where you knew everybody, you go out to breakfast, see all your friends, you go to the liquor store, your friends would be buying beers with you. You'd be at the bar, you'd be here. and and uh on the strand and now like you know instead of seeing like 70 percent of your friends you see like 10 percent of your friends because they all had to move away because it's too fucking expensive here so yeah but it's definitely one of those it's it, the comparison's definitely there you know it's definitely there and i mean if you go to germany and i'm in berlin i'm not like oh this is our second home like it's yeah. i love berlin it's great but it's nothing like hermosa beach australia is like hermosa beach a lot of the cities what was it like in the 80s was it rough no, it was awesome. I mean, that was the beginning of the punk rock scene here in, in California, you know, 79, 80. Um, we had in Hermosa Beach, we had Black Flag, uh, Circle Jerks, The Descendants, wow. Red Craw, Toxic, like all these bands, the Germs were all playing in Hermosa Beach, hanging out in Hermosa Beach, practicing in Hermosa Beach, walking the streets of Hermosa Beach. So you're like a 14-year-old kid going, fuck, this is my hero right here. And... uh helping bands carry their gear into, into shows and stuff. I mean, backyard parties, it was, it was totally crazy. Uh, the cops, you know, weren't fans of punk rock and the, uh, the jocks and the football players and stuff, but it was dream life. You wake up in the morning, go surfing, go skateboard some backyard pools in the afternoon, <laughs> maybe catch an evening surf session and then get some beers. We used to drink Foster's oil cans actually back in the eighties. That was it's like young. our good. Oh yeah. We'd, I mean, it was it was fucking malt liquor, right? Basically, yeah. well, it wasn't malt liquor, but it was it was stronger than a Budweiser, and it was a bigger can. So, you know, we we get get a couple of those each and go to band practice and or or go play a party, a backyard party. Like we started, we all started bands. That was our our, our late night our our nighttime outlet. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, eighties were just like never going to be re able to recreate that. Like punk rock was not popular, so. You were basically an outcast, a fucking rebel. Everybody looked at you weird. You know, you're getting constantly harassed by people and, and cops. And so you felt like you were part of this thing. And it was all happening in Hermosa Beach. I mean, sure, there was Hollywood and Huntington Beach, 
you know, where like the big clubs were and stuff, but like our little town was just firing. So it was a, it was a, a great time to be alive, you know, for sure. I mean, it's not, it's not the same anymore. I'm sure there's, you get a little bit of that here and there. There's a couple of good clubs here still that still are doing shows. And one of the, one of these clubs down the street now um, called St. Rock that our singers involved with have been having a lot of shows. They've had TSOL, they've had fear. They've had the descendants. It's like a, 300 seat venue and they're all playing this little club so still some cool shit happening yeah fuck yeah that's so good 80s were unbelievable though man it just can't even i'm 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 wrenching around over here because my back's all fucked up i'm trying to get comfortable while it feels like I'm drilling a hole in my back but oh no what what's going on there uh seven millimeter and nine millimeter bulge disc on l4 and l5 and uh you know the doctors are like you're fucked and i've tried everything so the only thing left is surgery or stem cells but surgery is like a two-month recovery and i, I i've just been trying to make it through the australian tour without sending somebody else because that wouldn't suffice so yeah. it's gonna be ugly but i'll i'll get it done so and then after that i gotta figure out if i'm going under the knife or getting stem cells so it's been bad though it's five months of hell i feel for you i mean apart from your brain and your heart it's your back you've got really got to look after hey it's a it's a killer uh-huh. hey i was thinking about some of uh what why why don't you have a podcast like this is what i was thinking you've got more stories <laughs> about all of the punk scene all the rock scene all the tours and they're all fucking really good and i had to narrow them down to the ones that i really love i love the <laughs> i love the carpet how you guys uh put the carpet on the walls and you stole it from the bins from the carpet shop or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's like, we call them carpet caves. So like back when you, know, you start a band, when you know, I think I was like 14 or 15, you start playing in your garage and the neighbors fucking complain and they call the cops, right? Cause it's too loud. Yeah. And then the cops are always coming. So it's like, well, how do we soundproof this? And like, obviously we don't, we're not buying drywall or soundboard or some shit. So it's like, Oh, carpet. Carpet deadens, so you go to the the dumpster of Carpeteria. That was the main carpet shop runner. And literally pour it out and put it down in the backyard and then, you know, get some carpet fresh and vacuum it. And then you fucking nail it up on the walls, like three layers (laughs) deep. And uh, it worked. And so, and it also sounds good because it's not reflective. So literally, we've been in garages our entire lives playing in these garages covered in dirty carpet. And... I always say like pounding it up on the ceiling and like the doggy dandruff and all the shits like falling in your mouth. Like you were filthy after an installation of that shit. But uh, where we've been practicing the last 20 years at at Jason's old house, uh, Justin drummer for 98 mute, we've been practicing in a single car garage and we, that's where we wrote all these albums. Everything you've heard in the last 20 years was like written in this garage. And uh, I took it all, all the actual carpet that was off, out of the dumpsters, you know, 20 years ago and all the posters and everything. And I put it all in the museum and recreated it. And now there's a bunch of bands coming through there and playing and shit impromptu. So it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I got a lot of stories and a bunch of people tried to get me to do a podcast. I almost did one with um, my Matt from the Bronx. We were talking about oh, doing yeah. one and uh, which would be awesome. Um, but I wanted to do something more like crazy where like you interview like a Navy SEAL and a Hell's Angel and like a, a convict and but i can't have a sponsor because things are going to be ugly and things are going to be talked about that no sponsor monster was woke you up i'm like dude you you can't sponsor my podcast i'm going to say bad shit on there yeah and you're going to get in trouble and they're like oh you're probably right so 
maybe one of these days. I mean, I'm supposed to write a book. I got about five ghostwriters hawking me to write write my book, podcast. Been thinking about that. Been thinking about doing a cooking show, all kinds of shit. Side project bands, like millions of things that I just never get around to. But I got some stories, man. You couldn't even begin to believe the fucking stories. Uh, I I'd, lo- I'd love to just hear them all. Well, I'll have them all in a book or something. Well, another good one was the when you had the early days of the band, you had the van and you'd turn off the odometer or there's probably vans out there with a million Ks on them, but they're probably only showing a hundred thousand or something. Exactly. Well, that was, yeah. That, well, those were the rentals, right? We turn, yeah. we turn them off the rental trucks because you're getting charged by the miles. So I don't <laughs> feel bad about that, but yeah, like, yeah, there's oh my god, dude! There's so many stories. It's just literally every every couple of days, someone will say something. I'll go, what? And they'll be like, yeah. Somebody told me. So I got, I have COVID right now, right? Mm-hmm. I just got off this this uh, cruise ship, and a bunch of people got COVID. But I had a runny nose, and I was like, or whatever. I'm just thinking to myself, I, I got a runny nose, and then this dude was telling me, yeah, man, you put a pencil up your nose, and I was like, what? On the cruise ship, I didn't remember. I'm like, what do you mean? And he saw you put a whole pencil up what? all the way in your nose. And I was like, are you sure? He's going, yeah. And I was like, fuck. Then I started remembering a little bit faintly because I was wasted. And I'm like, cool. So, like, that's why I have a runny nose because I stuck a pencil in my brain. And I was like, well, if I go to the doctor, maybe I have like a lead infection or some shit. Turns out I have COVID anyways. But point being, like, there's always a story popping up where I'm like, I, I totally forgot about it. There's literally like hundreds of them. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that whole night. That's definitely a chapter in the book. Is there any wild shit from Australia that you're allowed to talk about that you've done in the, you know, the 20 or so trips here? And obviously you're coming out in December. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, um, there's some wild shit for sure. Uh, there was a, I might have told it already, the crash and burn, right? That There was a bar in, I, I think it was in, where was it? Was it Brisbane, I think, okay. right? Our guitar tech. So I, I used to travel with this electric BB gun, fully automatic machine gun, and we do these cleansings where you get against the wall and you get like 60 shots in the back, oh. and it's pretty brutal. Like it leaves big welts on you. That's a whole nother story, but I'd, I'd take this thing on tour and I'd like shoot, you know, shoot crew members and fans and, you know, other bands and just whatever. Just I mean, it was pretty a bad idea to travel around with a fucking machine gun in your bag. It's definitely a bad idea. Uh, but so <laughs> this guitar tech I have, he passes out at the crash and burn. And I think I'm with Darren Hawthorne, like from he's production guy in all these festivals and he's our tour manager and a couple, I think the bar owner, a couple other people, he's passed out in this bar and I sit in a chair and I go and I get some crushed red peppers and I blow him up his nose, right? And I run back to the table. I go, watch this. And he starts, you know, like the pizza peppers? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Push right up his nose. Uh-huh. He, he wakes up, and they're like, what'd you do? Well, I put peppers up his nose, crushed red peppers. And they're like, no fucking way. He wakes up, and he just starts freaking out, right? Like, he's, he just, likes loses his mind. And he, he has, we're about 20 feet away. So he can't even see us. Like, he doesn't even know where we're sitting. And it's a crowded bar. Hmm. He gets up and fucking grabs his head and runs in the bathroom, right? I walk in there, and I was just like, I go, hey, are you all right? And he goes, motherfucker. And he just punches me in the face, like, <laughs> immediately. So he knew I did it. He's he's throwing water up his nose, just punches me in the face. Uh-huh. So I go, out in the, uh, I go out in the hallway, and I get or the kitchen, and I get the fire extinguisher, like with the white powder. And I come back in, and I go, hey, man. Maybe this will help cool the burn, and I just blast him. His whole body, his whole face, 
and then I take off running. He comes running out out of the restroom. His eyes are like bright red from the peppers, and his whole body and face is covered in white. And he's he's running through the bar with a smoke trail coming off him. And we're just in fucking tears, and he just runs out the door, right? Well, we party for like another hour, and we go back to the hotel room. I think we're staying at like the Hyatt or something, the one in Brizzy with like the, it's all open and stuff. Yeah. You can see right now, it's like 20 stories, blah, 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 blah. Maybe it was a Hilton. On the fucking door, he scrawled in with a knife that says, if you come in, I will kill you. And I'm his roommate. I'm his roommate. <laughs> Keep this in mind. So, because I like, you know, always room with the crew guys. So... I'm beating on the door. Come on, Hans. And it's me and the bar owner and Darren and somebody else knocking on the door. I'm like, come on, dude, let me in. You know, it's bedtime. You know, we wanted to get to the mini bar, right? And the door bursts open. He comes out stark fucking naked and attacks me, starts punching me in the face, completely fucking nude. And I'm running down the hallway and I'm trying to fight him, but I keep looking down at his package because it's kind of hard not to. Like, I've never fought a naked dude before. So we're going at it, throwing blows, completely naked, my opponent. And I'm just, everyone's laughing so hard. I'm laughing. I can't fight. And he's like, you motherfucker, and screaming and shit. And then we, so we stopped fighting. And you go back to the door, and the door had closed. And now we're lo- he's locked out naked. And, and he was screaming <laughs> over the railing for security. And you can scream down to the front desk. So literally, security guards had to come up to the room, let us in the room. And he's standing there naked in the hallway. And uh, go inside the room. He had smashed my BB gun into like 20 pieces and broke broke the, the mirrors, thrashed the whole room, like totally pissed off about getting burned with the peppers and getting fire extinguished. So that was, you know, it was a good night. It was a good night in Australia. And he, he, put, my, he put my BB gun back to the other, because he knew it was like my favorite toy. He'd go, I'm sorry about your gun. You know, I just didn't want to get shot anymore that night. And I was like, no, it's fair, fair, fair game. So, uh, but he put it, put it back together. It was like, boop, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shoot anymore. So, and then I bought him one the next trip to Japan because he wanted one for like years. I finally like they're like five hundred bucks. I finally bought him a machine gun, and I bought like a shotgun. Mm. He knocks on my door in Japan. I look out the little hole. He's standing there in the hallway with his machine gun with a pair of goggles on. And we have a full BB gun fight in the hallway of this hotel, right? And I got the shotgun and I got him in the face a couple times and he got the bad end of it. But like the next morning, the co- the the hotel staff and the management and our, our handlers in Japan are like, we need to talk to you. All the wallpaper was riddled with BB gun, like little uh. dents in the wallpaper. And they're like, this is custom wallpaper. It's made out of seaweed and the damage is $3,000. <sighs> pay fucking three thousand dollars and i'm always the one paying for it but he did it this time and i was like oh how's it feel pay to play how much money are you paying for like oh like how many times has this happened i'm like hundreds hundreds of thousands in 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 damages in the oh last 20 years God. I, mean, I woke up with ten thousand dollars in damage I, I mean on that trip i smashed out a cab window too and it cost me two thousand dollars that like i come home and I owe the band money, and I don't get paid for the tour. <laughs> not a good lifestyle, trust me. It's not. It's not a good idea. But uh, yeah, it's you know Hans was, it was the guy's name. He worked for us for like I don't know ten, fifteen years. He did our first Australian tour of all time, and our first Japanese tour. And uh, then he quit, and he works for Billy Joe now for Green Day. He's been his guitar tech for like 
15 years his personal tech. So yeah, wow. he's got a nice stable job where he's not abused. You can find him in the home videos on uh, on our home movies. He's the he's the naked guy running down the hallway um, <laughs> in that one too. I'm gonna go and have a look. All bruised and tattered. Yeah, that's that's on. That was that was Australia. What was that called? Alternative Nation, and then we went straight to Japan. Are you still this way, or have you tamed down a little? Mm, a little, but yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm still having some problems out there on the road of life. So. Oh, but great. the band has become less tolerable. I, I try to keep it like off the bus and like mm. more, you know, more in like the bar out of the hotel or I don't know. It's, but every once in a while I fuck up and get in trouble. So, yeah, shit happens. All right. So the rule is you're, you're safe from Fletcher if you're on the bus. Yeah, but not not actually. Not that of, safe. <laughs> not that safe. There's been a couple of recent incidents that were frowned upon. But, you know, alcohol is a hell of a drug. Well, Good Things Festival is happening in December. Uh, it's great to have you back. Um, like you said, you, you're probably going to be a resident one day. I mean, that's the way it's, yeah. the way it's looking. Yeah. So you met your wife. Was, she's Australian, obviously. Did you meet her out here or she was working in the U.S.? She was actually, she went to high school here and then went to Pepperdine University and got a couple of master's degrees. I met her when she was pretty young, actually. She had a fanzine. And um, or a blog online, and her and her friend did, and she wound up uh, interviewing Pennywise or interviewing me, and then coming to a bunch of Pennywise shows, and was friends with like our band and our crew for like quite a few years over here. And then she moved back to Australia, and I and I talked to her occasionally here and there. And then we were on tour in Australia, and she came out, brought her mom out to a show in uh, outside of Melbourne, and we wound up going to the casino that night um the melbourne crown i got thrown out um she tried to defend me against the security guards at the, at the <laughs> you know they got banned for life we were playing texas hold'em and it got kind of heated and they we got thrown out and uh we wound up hanging out and then back and forth a couple a couple trips here and there she'd come over to us we'd go to australia and we just kept hanging out and eventually we're like hey we should uh, get married so she was actually living in australia and she quit her job and moved over here to hang out with me, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, we've been on a, on a on a wild ride for like the last four years. Awesome. And she loves Australia. I love Australia. So eventually that's the game plan. Come there and open a bar and grow old and fat, um, pouring rum drinks for the Aussies. Well, that is so good. All right, well, all right. well, I'm keen to come to that bar when it opens. It's going to be insane. I'd love to be It'll there. Be- and look, don't stock Fosters because no one in Australia drinks Fosters. Everyone outside of Australia thinks you we do. You need the income, right? You need the income. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> what about a, what about a shrimp on the barbie? You never had a shrimp on the barbie either. Oh, uh, yeah. We call them prawns. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Not at the Outback. They don't over here. The Outback. No. My, my wife refuses to go to the Outback Steakhouse. It's fucking good. They got good food. What is What doesn't she like about it? I just, because it's just a cliche, the Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> Aussie cliche yeah. steakhouse, but it, it's funny, but yeah. Well, she's also a vegetarian, so that's one thing going on. Yeah, that was Fletcher from Pennywise. He's a wild, wild soul, and we love him for it. Uh, if you want to go and see Pennywise, they are playing at Good Things Festival. Can you believe, I know that we've been doing a couple of interviews with bands from the Good Things Festival. Can you believe that it's this weekend? Uh, you can check them out. If you've got a ticket, you're lucky because I think if you don't have a ticket by now, I think you're stuffed because 
Yeah, I, I think it's sold out. Uh, I haven't got confirmation of that yet. I'm just having a look at my phone. Okay, there's a few tickets available in Sydney and I'm not sure about Melbourne. I know that Brisbane is sold out. Uh, don't forget, you can catch Pennywise in action at Good Things Festival. That is this Friday, the 1st of December at Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne. The following day at Centennial Park in Sydney, that is the 2nd of December. And then in Brizzy on Sunday at Brisbane Showgrounds, you've got Fallout Boy headlining with Limp Biscuit. You've got Devo there, Pennywise, who we've just had. We had Slowly Slowly on last week, taking back Sunday. This is a huge, huge festival. Uh, it like kind of replaces the old sound wave, I reckon. Uh, I know you're nodding. If, if you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of similar to sound wave, but better. All right, it's time for this. Ladies! All right, this is the part of the show where you can write on into the Street Press. Go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. There is also a link in the show notes. You can click on that. You can write a message to me and say good day. You can say plenty of things on there. Actually, you can say, don't like this, don't like that, don't mind this. You can talk about the show. You can talk about the artist. You can talk about anything, really. Um, you could say, hey, this letters segment sucks. Get rid of it. But I do love when this happens, when I hear from someone I haven't heard from before. This is a message from Tim Drayton. He says, hey, you've already featured so many of my favorite bands, so it's difficult to think of someone new that you should have on the podcast. He says, would love to see one of the guys from Luca Brasi on the show. Obviously, the boys from Tassie. I agree, Tim. I think we should try and hook that up. I know that I've got their manager's details somewhere in my email. I think it would be awesome to get Luca Brasi on. They're one of my favourite Aussie bands, uh, and they have been for quite some time. I think, well, I will. I always say to people as well, if you write a letter and you put an artist in there or you request an artist... I have to go and chase it up. It's almost like my own street press legal. I make sure that I chase it with an email or a phone call, and I will do that for you, Tim. And g'day to you, mate. Thank you for, for writing in. Like I said, it's always good to know who's listening, who's out there. Who am I talking to? I'm in this bedroom in my house, this spare bedroom, talking to myself sometimes. But I can see the figures. I can see there's people listening and plenty of them, and, uh, and I'm really stoked and very fortunate for that. Um, so thank you so much. Hey, if you like what I'm doing, you're one of the guys, the girls lurking in the background and you're thinking, how do we take this relationship to the next level? You can become a member of the Street Press Podcast. Oh, I'm getting mugs together. I know I've been talking about mugs for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I'm going to get some mugs for the members. That sounds all right. Mugs for the members. All right. I'll write that down. You can sign up for $4 a month. That's $1 a week. You'll get access to the members area. You'll be able to um, put in questions for anyone that you like coming up. Um, you can also, I sort of, it's like a cheat sheet on the members forum at the moment where you can see who I've got coming up. Um, obviously, I never give that away. But if you remember, you can see who's coming up and then you can go, oh, Fletcher's coming up from Pennywise. Might ask him a question. So you can write a question with some time ahead and I can say it on the show. And you also get other cool stuff sometimes from time to time, and I keep this very private, but uh, I get tickets for shows, I get tickets to events, and I do a little draw and I email them out to the people who win. So might be well worth it. Don't forget, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to because the podcast, this podcast that you're listening to, it's free every week and it'll always be that way. 
Now, my band, the Ritzy Kids, well, there's only half of us this weekend. We're playing a show at the Wombrel Ocean View Cafe. That's actually, coincidentally, where this podcast began. My very first interview for this podcast was with Lindsay from Friends of Rhyme, and we had a chat in the car park. But the reason I was there that night was because Friends of were playing a gig there, and it was the first gig that they'd ever had there. Uh, the Ritzy Kids, my band. We've already played there, but we're playing there again this Sunday. It's going to be an acoustic set. So if you want to get along, it's five bucks, five dollars this Sunday, 6 p.m. We're playing with Enikai and we're playing with a band called Fist, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you want to come and see us, we're doing an acoustic set. Andrew Renfrew, myself, this is how we're ending the year. The Richard Kids will not have any more gigs this year because the year is almost up and we're going to put our feet up for a little bit, eat some ham and watch some cricket. And I hope you're going to do the same as well. All right, we're going to have another episode next week. I really want your ears here. Same place, same time. Have a great week. Until then, ta-da. 